Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. It's always funny when you say something like, I was trying to think of something smart, but I couldn't. And uh, what does that imply? I don't know. I don't know what that implies, but I appreciate Josh. He makes it fun. A couple things that uh, I'll re-emphasize. One is starting point. Starting point has finished, or today is the last day of starting point. And it's the place where you can go ask questions. You can get your faith grounded. If you're beginning in faith or you're kicking the tires of faith, it's a great place to go. And it's upstairs during our service. And so we actually won't be starting it next week because that's Father's Day. Um, and we'll be starting it on July 10th after July 4th weekend. And so trying to get the best weekends to start something like that. So if you're interested in just kind of kicking the tires of faith or you're wanting to ground your faith a little more, Starting Point is the best place to go. And we believe it's an equal value to what you experience in this room. And so go hang out in there. Um, uh, Frank Morrison, our, our discipleship leader, he is amazing. And he would love to hang out with you guys starting July 10th. Also this weekend, Smock, we have 95 moms signed up already. Yeah, that's amazing. And so we continue to just encourage you to get involved. Be a part of this experience. Be a part of blessing moms and letting them know that we love them. We care about them. We care about their children and uh, care about their car. One of the biggest needs they have in their lives to get around and get those kids moving and uh, keep their, their needs met. So very, very excited about that. Well, I wanted to talk to you just a brief moment before we start the message about an email you may have received this week regarding the finances of our church. As you know, um, in this world that we live in today, inflation, all the crazy things have impacted our finances. And that it doesn't, you know, we're, we're not immune from the bills that have to be paid and all those things that help ministry happen. And I, I first want to emphasize this. We are not a, a, a church that doesn't give. You guys are amazing in responding to opportunities to give, tithing, uh, generosity. It's, it's incredible. And I don't want to take anything away from that. And so let me just start with that. We are also not a church that is um, abusing the spending experience. We are not spending a lot of money on a lot of things. Um, we have done everything from cut staffing costs to operational costs to ministry expenses. And we're doing that to make sure that we can continue to pay the bills and do ministry to the highest level possible. And giving allows us to, to do that. And I appreciate everything that you guys do to support the ministry of the church, to tithe, to, to give generously. And so here's what we're asking. Here's what we're asking is that you would prayerfully consider how you can sacrifice. I love this statement that I learned a long time ago in a church that I pastored, we don't ask for equal giving, we ask for equal sacrifice. We don't ask everyone to give the same amount because not everybody makes the same amount. Not everybody has the same amount. All those kinds of things are different for all of us. But if we could each just prayerfully consider how we can prayerfully sacrifice extra giving, generosity above and beyond your tithe. If you haven't tithed yet, I encourage you to start doing that because it's one of the most rewarding experiences you'll have 
in your financial experience in faith. It is incredible how God works. It's just unbelievable how he can uh, take, we, we give him 10% and he takes the 90% and he continues to make that feel like equal to the 100%. It's amazing. It is amazing. And I, I can't tell you how it works. It just works. And so I'm going to ask you to prayerfully consider if you're not tithing yet, start doing that. But if you are, then would you prayerfully consider how you could sacrifice for this next season? We believe that in a year, maybe uh, um, a next 10 months, we will be in a position where we will have enough growth to see and support all the um, uh, things that we have. And honestly, the biggest challenge we have right now is our mortgage and the deferral payment that we have to make on that mortgage. That's by far the biggest challenge. And I'd be happy to explain anything that you have questions about. We are an open book when it comes to finances. We believe that there's a need for trust there. We believe that there needs a, 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 a need for confidence in, in you giving as well as us knowing and you knowing how we spend the money. And so any questions you have, we're more than happy to answer those questions. But I'm going to ask you to prayerfully consider how you might be able to help sacrifice to give for the needs of the church. And as you do, we will continue to expand our influence and ministry around our community and in our county. I believe that God's doing something special here. And I believe that we are growing. We're seeing new faces week in and week out and we're continuing to expand that growth. And, and I'm excited about that. And I believe within a year, we will be in a really healthy place and uh, we'll be able to see God do some amazing things in our community and in our world. So let's pray. And ask God right now just to speak to our hearts and let us experience the joy of seeing all the needs of the church and all your needs met in as God provides for us. God, we thank you so much that you are the ultimate provider. You're the ultimate one, Lord. We're not, we're looking to the world. We're not looking to, to, to answers outside of ourselves or outside of what you want to provide for us. Lord, we're definitely asking for your wisdom and your prudence, God, to help us make sure that we are doing everything we can to honor you with every penny spent, every dollar given. And we pray that your Holy Spirit will just guide and direct our hearts. Lord, today we pray that you would put it on our hearts to know what to do, how we can participate in sacrificially helping uh, meet the needs of your church. Lord, it is your church. It's not Pastor Ricardo's church. It's not a board's church. It's not even just the members of this church. We are the church, and you are the one who provides for its needs. And we thank you and praise you for that. Lord, we desire to be a light on a hill. We desire to be a lamp in a dark spot. And we pray that your Holy Spirit will provide for every opportunity we have to make a difference in our world today. We give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you and thank you for prayerfully considering those needs. Well, we're in a series called Armed and Dangerous. And I hope that uh, up to this point, you're feeling a little bit more armed. Maybe you're not feeling dangerous yet. We're, we're, to, we're not to the point where we're going to pull out the sword and put up the shield and all those kinds of things. But um, Armed and Dangerous is simply this, is that we are being attacked we have an enemy and it's the devil. And he's real. He's real. He's not uh, some mythical little guy walking around in a red suit with horns and a tail and, 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 a, and a, a pitchfork. He's a guy that is doing everything he can to destroy our faith, to destroy the church, to destroy the hearts and lives of those that live for Jesus. 
If he can do that, he can destroy this world. And you can, you can see what's happening in our world today. In a world without Jesus is a world that is chaos. It's anarchy. It's whatever, whatever feels good, do it. Whatever uh, seems good, do it. And uh, the Bible is clear that we need to follow the way of the Lord, not the way of the enemy. Amen? And so we have to ha take up arms. And uh, like I've said before, if you thought you were getting into this faith experience, this Christian experience, because you needed your sins forgiven and you wanted to go to heaven, those are great motivations to get involved. But believe it or not, because you got involved, you got involved in a war. You got involved in a battle. You became a target of the enemy. And as a result, the Bible tells us that we need to take up arms we need to take up arms and be ready to stand against the attacks, the schemes, the strategies, the, the efforts of the enemy to destroy our lives. And so in doing so, we've talked about that call to arms, that all of us need to take up arms. We've talked about wearing the girdle or the belt of truth, or in our vernacular today, the spanks of truth, the shapewear of truth, the things that, that shape our character and our nature. We need to put those on so that we have the right truth and basis for which we live and stand in our lives. We have the breastplate of righteousness. I talked about that last week with a bulletproof vest on, talking about the, the importance of having that protection. But when we put on that breastplate of righteousness, we're putting on two things. We're putting on the identity of Christ in us. That is that Jesus is, has called us children of the King. We are righteous. When God looks at us, we are not full of sin. We're full of righteousness because of what's been imputed or given to us as righteousness because of what Christ did on the cross. And then we're given the responsibility to act righteous or to be righteous in this world. And so we're to do activities that are righteous or right activities. And in doing so, they become an expression of our faith, not an effort to earn favor for our faith. That's the important part of this is remember, don't do things because you think you're going to get more love from God. That, that, that's not the way it works. That's religion. And religion has been proven to hurt people more than help people. But when we are righteous because God says we are righteous and then we do righteous acts because we love our God, that's a real faith. That's a real love. And that's, that's what's expressed to our world. And so today we're going to talk about the gospel of peace or the good news. How many here are news junkies? You're not willing to admit it. You're not willing to admit it. I'm a news junkie. I love the news. I love to watch the news. Um, obviously the news is, there's one side, there's pretty much two sides to the news and it all depends on what side you want to listen to or if you listen to both sides or whatever. I just love kind of watching the news. Sometimes it's depressing, sometimes it's interesting, sometimes it's even encouraging. There's good news out there, but um, I, I found it interesting that people who like to watch the news. Listen to this article. I, I, was, I, I, I did a Google search and I said, how much news is good news? Thinking that I would get how much of the news, how, what percentage of the news shown out there is good and what percentage is bad. I couldn't find that very easily. But I did find this really interesting article about why people watch a lot of news. And it's by this lady named uh, uh, Jacqueline Bullis. She's a PhD in 
and a clinical psychologist. She says this, right now there is a a degree of uncertainty that is unprecedented for most of us. There's a degree, would you say amen to that? Okay. There's a lot of uncertainty. When uncertainty is high, it drives our brains to seek as much information as possible to feel in control. So the more information, the the more we feel like, oh, I get it, I understand, I'm in control. In the long term, these behaviors are increasing our anxiety by feeding into this belief that if we have enough information, we can control what happens. Listen to this. This is the key right here. The more we seek certainty over what will happen in the future, the more anxious we will feel. It is impossible to be 100% certain of what the future holds regarding COVID-19 or anything else for that matter. But listen to that again. The more we seek certainty over what will happen in the future, the more anxious we will feel. I think it's true that today studies are showing that people are more anxious than ever before. Why? Because we don't know what's happening. We don't We're uncertain of the future. We're uncertain of what's coming. We're uncertain of what the next step is going to be. We're uncertain about the direction of our lives or the hope that we have for our futures. Financially speaking, if you have money in the stock market right now, you're probably going, freaking out. And you're kind of wondering, what do I do? Where do I go? What, What information can help me feel, oh, okay. Oh, everything's okay. I can, I'm in control. Or at least everything's okay. The only place for that is in what we call the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm going to talk about that more as we go along. But the more we are confident about what will happen in the future, the less anxiety we will feel. And the only way to know for sure what's going to happen in the future is to have Jesus in your heart. Because you can know without a doubt that heaven is waiting for you. That heaven is our future. Yes. The only way we're going to fight the enemy's attacks to create doubt, to create anxiety, to create fear, to create all the things that are opposite of faith is to know that the gospel is true. So we read this passage of scripture. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We have to be strong. Put on the full armor of God. That's what we're learning how to do. So that, anytime you see a so that, you underline it and then you pay very close attention because that's the purpose of the statement prior to it. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We do not fight against the flesh and blood person we see or people or philosophies. We're fighting against a spiritual darkness. And the only way to fight against it is to have the full armor of God on at all times therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the devil when the day of evil comes you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand so you want to be standing at the end of the battle those that are laying down there's not that's not a good sign in war 
okay? But those that are standing, it's a good thing. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and verse 15, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. This is the focus of our day today. With, the, <clears throat> with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. There's the New Living Translation that says, For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. There's several themes I want to touch on here. The first one is readiness. This passage very clearly says that we are, uh, we are to put on or that our feet should be fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Are you ready for the spiritual attacks that come your way? Are you ready for the attacks that are going to happen? Are you prepared? Are you clothed? That's why it says put on the full armor of God. If we don't put it on, we're not ready. And you can have the, 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 the spanks of truth and you can have the, breast, the bulletproof vest of righteousness. But if you don't have your shoes on, you're in trouble. All it would take for the enemy to defeat you is to throw a few Legos on the floor. And as soon as you try and run across those things, you're going to be thinking and saying things that are not godly. <laughs> have you ever done that? Have you ever stepped on a Lego? Just one. Just one is all it takes and you step on that baby with bare feet or even sock feet and you're going, oh, singing new songs, saying new words, thinking new thoughts. <laughs> Starting to look for the enemy, which is likely the child that didn't put the, the Lego away. Who did it? Immediately your heart and your mind is going places you didn't intend for it to go. And that's why we have to be ready. We have to have shoes. There's all kinds of shoes in this world. There's um, <clears throat> definitely all kinds of, these are the Sunday go to meet and shoes, or um, they're actually not mine. These are wedding go to meet and shoes and funeral go to meet and shoes. That's about all the only time you'll see me in these shoes. Um, <clears throat> these are uh, beach shoes. They're, they're, huh? They're, uh-huh. They're those. And, I don't wear these much because I don't go barefoot much at all, if any. Um, these are my favorite shoes. These you'll see me in as much as possible, tennis shoes. I love these shoes. Uh, they're great. You can run in them. Um, I don't run, um, but you can if you want to. And, and these are battle shoes. Now, these are baseball shoes, uh, but they, these would be considered the kinds of battle shoes that would have been uh, a warrior's kind of shoe because they have... A, a cleat on them or a spike and um, in, in, the, in, in these days when warriors had their shoes on and they, they would fight in these shoes they likely had cleats on them or spikes that were uh, through the bottom so that they had good grip in any place they went it was very rocky and very dry and all those kinds of things and so there's places where they could easily slip and so a good warrior is always going to have firm footing and that's the whole point of the, shoe, the, the, the shoes of the gospel of peace. And that's the whole point of being ready. If you don't have your shoes on and the enemy comes your way, it's not going to take much to knock you off your feet. And as soon as you're off your feet, you are at a disadvantage in the whole battle in the first place. 
And so we have to be ready with the, 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 the shoe of the gospel of peace. And it's really fascinating that this shoe is made of the gospel of peace. It's really an oxymoron if you think about it, that there is a shoe of peace for war. A shoe of peace for war. Most people think that we have to have something that just makes the war a, a bloody mess and we, we do everything we can. But the intent of the Christian and the intent of the gospel is to bring peace into chaos. Not to just bring more chaos into chaos. We're not just fighters. We're peacemakers. We're not just there to do as much damage as possible we're there to eliminate the damage, if at all possible. We're there to stand firm so that the chaos and the, and the, the war and the, and the ugliness, I mean, if you wear these into war, you're going to slide all over the place. These shoes have very little grip on them. They, uh, I, I've slipped on them before, and it's not fun. These are not good. Um, you're, you're just going to... Your, your, your toes are exposed, everything, you're going to tear a toenail off, all that kind of stuff. Um, these might help you run fast away from the battle, but the Bible didn't say run from the battle. It says stand firm in the battle. This is going to help you stand. And so it's essential that we understand why we have to bring peace into this battle. It's, it sounds like a, an oxymoron, but it's not. We are doing everything we can to bring peace, to end the war, to eliminate the opportunity of, of chaos to happen and hurt to happen and bring peace. And that's exactly what the gospel is all about. Only people who know peace desire it and work to bring it into a situation. People who only know war, only know evil, only know darkness, all they want to do is harm and hurt. And you can tell the difference between those people. They're argumentative people. They're fight people. They're always wanting to cause trouble. And those people are always in, in that trouble and they're always causing that trouble. They don't have uh, shoes of peace. They have shoes of, of chaos. They have shoes of hurt and damage. And maybe you've been damaged by those people. So the Bible tells us to be ready, ready with the shoes of the gospel of peace. And if we're not ready, then we're going to be defeated. And why does he address our feet? Because wherever our feet go, we go. Right? You ever tried to go someplace without them? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You're going where they go. And so we have to have our shoes, our feet ready. And if we're not ready to go, if we're not ready to address the, 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 dam the, the enemy, then we are in trouble and we cannot um, uh, defeat the enemy. You will be defeated. You will be defeated. That's the, I, I think we have to understand this is not just for us to go into war to protect others. But if we don't have them on, then we are uh, a liability as well. And the beauty of this is that with these on, we can go anywhere. With these on, we can walk across Legos. And we won't have those ugly thoughts in our mind. Or whatever else, whatever, whatever, whatever other obstacles the enemy may put in our, our way. We can walk across them. This is the power of understanding uh, the, the, the battle gear if we don't have the belt of truth, if we don't have the breastplate of righteousness, if we don't have our shoes uh, on, then we are in 
danger of being defeated. And my prayer for you is that right now you might be running into obstacles. You might be going, ah, ooh, ah, 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 ooh, on your feet because you aren't ready. You're not, you haven't put on the gospel of peace. And there's something powerful. I believe this might be one of the most transformative messages for your thinking on a day-to-day living basis. If you will grasp this one thought in just a moment that I share with you. But I believe that you are, are walking into, we are getting the shoes on that will carry us into any situation of life. Any situation of life. And I'll share that with you in a second. It's a tease because I want to cover a couple other parts. The shoes are for protection and stability. They're your foundation. If you don't have a foundation, then everything else topples over, Right? Our stability in our life, our ability to defeat the enemy comes when we are ready to walk on any terrain the enemy throws at us. So we have shoes, we have cleats, and what are they made of? They're made of two things, the gospel of peace. Now the gospel is powerful. In the Greek, the gospel means simply this, good news. Why did I ask about uh, news junkies? Because um, for all of us that enjoy news, I'm going to start watching less news simply because I think I, think I might be one of those people that, that the doctor was talking about, that I like to have as much information as possible so I can feel in control. You can call me a control freak or whatever you want to call me, but I think that might be the problem. I just love being in the know. And what I need to be in the know of is the gospel. Not what's happening in our world. I mean, it doesn't hurt to know. It doesn't hurt to understand what's going on in our world. In fact, it's helpful at times when you're trying to reach people. But the one thing that the gospel tells me is that I am saved. My sins are forgiven. I am a child of the king and I am cared for by the king. And I am going to spend eternity with the king. That is all I need to know. Now, I'm going to share a phrase with you. I'm going to share a statement with you that I read that, that has challenged my heart and challenged my mind, and I believe it's true. But it's going to twist you up a little bit. It's twisted me up a little bit. And I first, I read it, and I'm going to like, what? But it says this. No good news can come before Christ. No bad news can come after the good news of Christ. No good news can come before Christ. No bad news can come after the good news of Christ. Let me explain. And these are hard sayings. This is a hard one. And for some, I hope, I hope we can grasp this because I believe that there are people out in this world that believe with all their heart that they're living this amazing life. But they don't have Jesus. And that's, there's no good news for them. There's no good news for people that are going to hell. You may say, oh, that's harsh, pastor. It's a reality. People without Jesus, no matter what happens in their life, there is no good news for them. And you say, well, you know, they're having babies. That's amazing. It's incredible. It's wonderful to have these babies, but those people are going to hell. Mm -hmm. 
What good is going to come of their lives? What good news is happening in their lives that's so good that they have the hope of eternal life? There's no hope. That's why they need Jesus. That's why they, they, they need the heart of God in their lives because before Christ, there is no good news. But once you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there is no bad news that can come your way. Now understand, and, and I, I get the questions that you're asking. Well, what if, I, what if, what, what if a family member dies? Definitely not the best of news, but it doesn't change the good news in your life. If you get a diagnosis of cancer, and that diagnosis doesn't look good. I was talking to a friend that was just diagnosed with stage three, stage three pancreatic cancer, and she said this. She said, Pastor, I just want you to know we're going to fight it as much as we can possibly fight it. But my hope is in Jesus Christ. Yeah. There is no bad news once we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Why? Because our, our whole hope is in eternity and in relationship with him. Our sins are forgiven. Our hope is on its way. Our, our destiny is where we belong in heaven with Jesus. And, and all of that, no matter what comes our way, why would Paul say in Philippians 1.21, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Why would he say that? Because he has Jesus in his life. There is no bad news. And he said it when he was in jail. Hooked to two soldiers. And he's writing a prison letter. The, the, the letter to the Philippians. And he's saying, for to me to live is Christ. While I'm chained to these soldiers. While my destiny is likely to be martyred and, and, and given my life to, to, for, for the cause of Christ. There is no bad news. Why? Because he has Jesus in his heart. And, and church, listen, when we have the opportunity to understand that Jesus is our destiny, that heaven is a promise and a guarantee, when we have it all, there is nothing, there is no bad news that can take the place of the good news of Jesus Christ. One author said it this way, he said, adversity is too thin a veil to darken the joy of the other good news. There's no bad thing that can darken the beauty of the light of the good news. Why is this so transformative? Because if we walk out these doors understanding that there's nothing, nothing, Yes, it may be uncomfortable. Yes, it may be tragic in many ways in our worldly perspective. But there is nothing that can rock us off the reality that Jesus is our king and heaven is our destiny. And no matter what we go through, it's only temporary compared to what heaven promises us. There's hope in this message today. There's hope in your circumstance if you don't have Jesus in your heart, I understand why it feels so terrible and tragic. And yes, it could be uncomfortable and it could be even tragic. But no matter the tragedy, no matter the discomfort, no matter the circumstance, and it's easy for me to say these words, I get it. 
But no matter what you're going through, there's nothing that can take away the hope of Jesus Christ. And it is the greatest hope that we have. No good news can come before Christ. No bad news can come after the good news of Christ. Let's hang on to that good news. These are the shoes we wear. That's why we can stand firm in any circumstance. That's why we can receive the, 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 the schemes and the attacks of the enemy. We already have the breastplate of righteousness on. We already have truth on our side. Now we have feet that are, are stable and put on the ground knowing that nothing can take away anything from these shoes that are made with the gospel of peace. Why are they the shoes of the gospel of peace? Because we are at peace with God. We are at peace with God. Therefore, Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into, into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. We have peace. We don't have chaos. We don't have aches and pains that, that, that hurt our heart anymore. We have peace with God because we are no longer separated from him. We have been justified, the Bible says in, in Romans. It says justified means simply this, that we have no sin that God sees in our hearts, just as if we'd never sinned. That's what happens when we accept Christ. And he sees us through that, that breastplate of righteousness is that justification we're made right. We have no enmity between us and God. We're not at war with God anymore. You, we choose to sin, we're at war. We choose to follow God and we choose to give him our lives and we choose to submit ourselves to him. We are at peace with him and there is no peace or no war that can take that peace from us. And I want to encourage you today. I know we're wrestling with this world I know that maybe you are a news junkie and you watch the news and you get, oh, you get all uptight and frustrated. Remember the good news. No matter what happens in this world, it's not our destiny. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. There will be a new body. Even if you don't like this one, you're going to get a new one. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't, I don't even want to put an image in your mind. But it's all new. And it's all promised in our future. You want to know something that's going to take away the anxiety? You want to know something that gives you the ability to have hope and joy? It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the gospel of peace. It's the gospel that says, I am uh, I have good news and no good and no, nothing can take that good news away from me. No matter what happens. Because after Jesus, there's only good news. Yes, there are things that are uncomfortable. Yes, there are things that can happen that we would say that's bad. And it certainly is in the context of our world. But in the context of our faith, nothing can take that away. Will you embrace it today? 
Will you embrace it because what you may be going through, yes, it's painful. Yes, it's, it's something that you don't like. Yes, it's something that doesn't seem to have promise, but you are a child of the King. You wear the belt of truth. You have the breastplate of righteousness and you are wearing the shoes of the gospel of peace, the good news of peace and being right with God. And now you, nothing, no circumstance can rock you off your foundation you can stand firm because you have cleats of truth and peace and good news. Amen? Amen. Amen. There's a point in time where I remember not being able to live for God. I, I was just struggling with it and struggling with it and just doing all kinds of crazy sinful things. And the gospel finally came into my life. And I remember a pastor who led me to Jesus. He said, Ricardo, you need to understand that you have a relationship with God, not a religion with God. He said that you have this, this connection to him because he loves you, not because he's holding his thumb on you and, and is ready to squish you every time you make a mistake. You've got to get over that. He said, what you have is the good news of Jesus Christ. Your sins are forgiven. You're a child of the King. He cares for you. He promises you eternal life. That's what you have to stand on. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing everything he said, but in the end, I was like, I walked away going, you know what? I can do this. I can live this faith, not because of what my deeds are doing, but because of what he's done for me. And I just need to grow up. I need to grow up in my faith. I still need to grow up. Can't wait till I see what happens when I grow up someday. <laughs> but I believe God's doing something special in your life right now. And my burden this morning is for those of you that don't have confidence in your feet, in that good news. You doubt your eternal life. You doubt your relationship with God. But God says, I love you. I died for you. You've accepted my forgiveness. Now, will you forgive yourself so that you can live victoriously instead of living constantly like you're feeling like you're falling and falling and falling and falling? We stand firm on the good news of peace. And I believe that that's what God wants for you today is that peace, knowing that you're right with God, knowing that you can stand firm in any circumstance. Stop living in that fear and know that God's got you. Whatever you're going through, God's got you. And even if it takes our life, even if it takes our heart, even if it takes our, 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 our circumstances to help us understand that, yeah, we live in a broken world, but we don't live in a broken promise. And that is the gospel of peace. I want to pray for you. Jesus, I thank you. And I praise you that we can stand firm in the battle, that we don't have to lose our footing. We don't have to lose our ground. We know that if, when we are fitted with the gospel of peace, Lord, we have the ability to stand in any circumstance because we have your promise, the gospel, the good news. 
Lord, that's all we need to know. Whatever the news says, it doesn't really matter. What really matters is that you have told us that you are taking us to heaven with you, that you are coming back, that you have defeated the enemy, that the devil has no power over us. And God, we thank you and praise you that you have defeated death, hell, and the grave. And you hold the keys. And we are free to serve you and to love you and to walk in you. I pray for those that have been attacked. And Lord, maybe our, our feet weren't ready. Maybe we didn't have the gospel of peace on. Maybe we walked out and stepped on all the obstacles and felt all the pains of, of the attack. Lord, whatever it may be, help us to put these shoes on that protect us and give us life and hope. And Lord, I pray for those that are beaten down right now, that you would lift them up and strengthen them, Lord. Their bodies, their their spirits, their emotions, their minds. Lord, I pray that you just bring strength and power and wholeness, Lord, as we put on the full armor of God. We, We embrace the truth of your word. We believe in the righteousness that you have given us and that you call us by. And we put on the feet of the gospel of peace, of the shoes of the gospel of peace on our feet. And we stand today victorious. I pray your blessing on every heart that's bruised and battered by the war. I pray that you comfort and give strength to those that feel beaten down. I pray that you give hope to the hopeless. I pray that you give strength to the weak. And God, I believe that you're doing something special here today. And I thank you for that. Maybe you're here on site or maybe you're online and you're realizing I don't have the gospel, the good news in my heart. I've not asked Jesus to forgive me of my sin. I've not, set, believed that I to, I've not told him that I believe in the resurrection from the dead. I've, I've not committed my life to Jesus, but you want to today. Will you just pray this simple prayer with me? Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I accept the good news that you died on the cross and that my sins are now forgiven. And I believe that you were raised from the dead and promised me eternal life. The good news that I will spend eternity with you and I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. I pray that prayer right now, Jesus, and I accept you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.